By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hi, my name is Juliana Colangelo. I'm the host of the Masterclass U.S. Wine Market, a new series on the Italian Wine Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Shelly Lindgren to the show. Shelly is the owner and wine director of A16, a pizza-focused restaurant with locations in San Francisco and Oakland, and one of the most loyal champions of Italian wine in the U.S. market. She co-authored A16 Food and Wine with Kate Lee in 2008 and is under contract for the new Italian wine due out in August of 2023. A16 has received multiple awards for its wine program from Wine Enthusiast, Wine Spectator, Wine and Spirits Magazine, and more. And we're actually here recording today in person at A16 in Oakland. Welcome to the podcast, Shelly. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. Awesome. So we're sitting here at one of your restaurants. It's Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. a few hours before you open for a busy night. So thank you again for taking the time. So tell us a little bit more about how you started A16 and the inspiration for your restaurants. It's funny because in... um, Having worked in restaurants for now well over 30 years, which is, you know, not making me feel that much younger, <laughs> but, but like I didn't realize in my early 20s that I could be a sommelier for a profession. It, yeah. There wasn't as many in the market. Now there's a lot more, which is great for Italian, great, great for wine, but great for Italian wine too. Of course. But back then, American sommeliers studied the world of wine and uh, Italy was only one to two percent on the exam right and when it's such a big producer of wine yeah especially in a country like america where we have many italian immigrants from all the regions and different different parts of italian history coming to different parts of america and then when a16 opened in 2004 it seemed i didn't realize what a risk it was at the time because even friends in new york that had italian restaurants right were couldn't believe that so many we opened a seven time focused restaurant because in california in Cal- nonetheless. Yeah, in, yeah. yeah in california and and um and i kind of fell into it in a way because i really thought they were delicious wines right and i love the history and tradition and yeah. being a fifth generation california i we don't have as much of that here we right. have stories of our families and where they came from and you know and but that history is so incredibly rich right it is 
it's unbelievable. And then when you finally go to Italy, yeah. and then everything has stories, and there's like cities with layers and layers, mm-hmm. and cities on top of cities, and stories, yeah. and and um, but. I was working in French fine dining and there was about 75% of the exams were mostly French wine. Right. But, you know, the whole organization of wine in France is much easier to learn. Mm -hmm. And then we have California winemaking that has um, a lot of Italian influence, like all farmers in in California do. But, um, but there is mostly French grapes in the world internationally as we see it today, but I think it's changing. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. What was the you know, in- introduction to Italian wines, considering you were working with a mostly French list? Like, how did you get that initial intro into the category? Well, that's, um, I, I was studying Italian wine and I was told I only really needed to know Piedmont, Tuscany, and Veneto. <laughs> and, um, of course, I love those wines. Yeah. But then I was reading more about the history of Italy and I realized there's 17 other regions mm-hmm. and, you, I mean, of course, I wanted to pass the exam, but once I started learning the beautiful stories and the the histories and the how many grapes there were, yeah, it was um, like, are you travel for wine? I basically was like, I want to go to Italy and go go visit these wineries and things. Yeah, and um, and then when I started, when I went to Italy, and then you paired food and wine, Mm -hmm. it's like Umbria with San Martino and or mm-hmm. you know where you name it any yeah. region and um my uh mother-in-law's family immigrated from molise so okay. they're from Campobasso, and they're she grew up in south philly mm-hmm. and that's where their boat landed when they yep. came over and uh and there's a lot of histories and traditions that came over at the time but it was like a work in progress and when we opened it was, we were hoping that the, the type of pizza we were doing from right. Napoli and going to get certified with the Vera Pizza Napolitana mm-hmm. and you know having meatballs separate from the pasta or right. however <laughs> we did it and trying to yeah. mozzarella and burrata we really tried to uh recapture our experiences and mm-hmm. and also with hospitality and I figured I was gonna be on the floor as a sommelier and if somebody asked for a Sauvignon Blanc and I recommended a Greco de Tufo and, right. you know, hopefully they liked it. And yeah. if not, I would find them something else. Like, right. I wouldn't take it personally, but it worked out. Yeah. And, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And here we are today. And I, when we talk about history too and tradition, I mean, if you think about Southern Italy, it is the birthplace. A lot of, you know, modern viticulture today in Italy, a lot of it started in the South. So oh, yeah. I think it's incredible that you're paying homage to those regions. Um, so this episode, we're going to talk more specifically about challenges, opportunities for Italian wine in the U.S. market, but in San Francisco Bay Area today, 2023. What you know, a lot has changed in the world, as we all know. So, what can Italian producers, wineries expect when they're coming back to market? Maybe for the first time in three years, uh, you know, here in San Francisco, what are sommeliers looking for? How are restaurants operating? Um, so, we're really excited to get your perspective on all those things. So. Let's talk a little bit, just generally, what's happening right now in the Bay Area and restaurants. What's the general vibe, you know, beginning twenty twenty three? It's interesting. I'm excited for this year. I, yeah. I, we also we have Italian winemakers coming in force right now. Yeah, and I think that is important and really exciting for us because we support one another. You know, yeah. We can talk about the wines 
a lot, but when, when we get to meet the people behind it, it right. I think it makes a big difference and, and we can celebrate their wines. We do real casual wine dinners, but I can't tell you how many times over the years when our guests, we have like, I'm so in love with our guests, but they meet the winemakers and hear their stories. And yeah. each, each winery has such a unique story. And they're like, they go visit them. They buy their wines. They, yeah. You know, it's like, it takes on a life of its own. It's, it's very connected. And then when I go to Italy or people come here, I feel like it's almost like family. because so we've been right. open 19 years and, yeah. and SF and almost 10 here. And, yeah. and um, so it's, it's been a really enriching. Yeah. So when the time. producers are here in market, yeah. it sounds like there's an appetite from the guests to reconnect in person, to be meeting people, to be meeting producers, yeah. and like having those experiences again. I think especially with traveling coming up again. Yeah. And, and also it helps to be a lot of our teams are some have been with us since day one and some are new and some have been, you know, medium. So it does. It also helps connect with um, why we do things. Right. Like, and I know when um, our team gets a chance to travel and go to Italy, there's a, there is sort of a like, oh, this is why we do this at Ace. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, why? There's probably like <laughs> along the way, they're like, why do we do that here? And yeah. We go and like, I understand. You understand you the know. philosophy, the reason why these wines are here, why the focus is here too. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have quite a few Italians that work with us, um, mm -hmm. and they. Our, they live in the U.S. now, and like our love for their homeland is yeah. almost like continues the story. Yeah. I always ask them. I always right. like pick their brains and mm -hmm. like and want to know more. Or if, if I'm coming across an article or a wine or story, I'll share it with all everybody. Yeah. But then I'm still trying to speak Italian mm -hmm. still to this day because everybody. <laughs> I don't. There's so many dialects in Italy, and oh, yeah, I'm, especially in I'm the so south. Shy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, once we've had a few glasses of wine, that's fine. Everything I then can speak flows. Italian, yeah. go, but I, I'm really trying to not that the wine book is done too. Yeah. And we're so excited. We really want to get out and about and, right. and spend time focused on wine. And during the pandemic, we, that is my, you know, that is the thing I, is the easiest for me, but actually yeah. like, you know, getting that survival mode and things, we just kind of pivoted. And now totally. I feel like we're back is helping. All this is helping to move us back. Into back to events, back to travel. Yeah. So yeah, tell us what the new book coming out in the summer, yeah. like plans for that, what it's going to focus on, where we yeah. can read it. It's super exciting. Yeah, just went on pre-order a few weeks ago and um, it was a six-year project. So it's Kate, wow. Kate and our third book, we started traveling for almost 20 years ago because she worked at A16, but okay. we opened in 2004. Mm -hmm. And then she um, she was a line cook and went to Northwestern, got her master's in journalism, and awesome. we were her first book. Cool. And uh, then we ended up winning the ISAP Cookbook of the Year, the Julia Childwood book and I award if wow. book, but and we always joke that she's like that was my first time and I haven't won it since so Knocked out of the park. Yeah, that's amazing. but uh, yes. but we traveled a lot then for that book and we spent a lot of time uh knocking on doors because there wasn't a lot of information mm -hmm. you could barely fact check it then and now there's so much information out there yeah. and and now there's someone who's getting certified in Italian wine I've I've taught some of those classes yeah, and so it's like a whole new world and people are very much more energized and excited about lesser known regions. Yeah. I mean, just today, wine enthusiasts, I was 
saw a post about ancient Roman grapes. Interesting. And I was yeah. like, all day long. Yeah. That's because, I mean, our when we opened SPQR, I'm no longer involved as of 2019, but for 12 years, I, we opened and started that. Our wine list was the Roman roads. Oh, interesting. Just, okay. It was a small space and yeah. we could cover a few regions that mm-hmm. way and stuff. But, and really be focused yeah. and, and introduce people to something new as well. Yeah. Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. So speaking of, you know, ancient Roman varieties, what Italian wines are selling best right now in the Bay Area here at A16, but also just generally, what are you hearing from your colleagues and the community? I think there is... I mean, Sicily is definitely, yep. it's, I'm not sure if it's the movie The Godfather, if it's White Lotus, I'm not sure you name yeah. it, but, and then we're on the same latitude as Napa and Sicily sure. here. So it's, people feel very, um, and it's a very inviting region, yeah. very connected about right. Sicily. And, um, and with grapes like Montepulciano di Bruzzo mm-hmm. or, uh, even Alianco, like yesterday, we just got an Alianco background by the glass. We usually have a few oh. and our servers like, finally, God, thank God. We didn't have an Alianco for a minute. <laughs> and I was like, this is a great conversation. Yeah. Um, You're seeing consumers also looking like for demand of some of these grapes that maybe 10 years ago or even sooner than that, you were only introducing them to, which is exciting. Yeah. And I think it has, it's more like um, if we understand the, way the wines taste it doesn't really matter what the, what the grape is if someone's right. looking for a pinot or Grenache, you could mm-hmm. go so many places in italy and yeah. get i mean beautiful acidity terroir and there's a lot of quality and yeah i i feel really lucky because i know we're working with really small producers often mm-hmm. yeah and just to be able to get them here and yeah. pour them and have it be like one of our you know, staples. Right. Something like Clelli Romano or Damiano Cioli. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to get them that exposure and yeah. into the glasses of so many consumers looks super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, there's just, there's so much quality and value still. I mean, right. I think everyone's prices are going up for everybody, but, mm-hmm. but we could, we have lots to offer. And, yeah. And that's one of the beauties of Italy too. And like trying, I always say, like, you know, it's, it's really what's in the glass speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. So and get that. adapting to what the consumer is looking for, but intru- still introducing them to something different and new. Yeah. What do you think more generally Psalms in the Bay Area are, are looking for with their wine programs? What are they trying to accomplish philosophically or what are they looking for with producers that they're sourcing from? Like where what have you seen change in recent years? It's all over the map. Yeah. Actually, I it's interesting to see because there has been a movement of natural wines. Of course, yeah. Um, but I, like, we have tons of natural wines on our list, but mm-hmm. I don't separate them out. We just know yeah. which ones are, and I could, but then I'd have to, like, take them out of the regions and make yeah. them, like, you know, in their own areas. But I usually go to, I mean, regions like um, Sicily, Lazio, Emilia-Romana, mm-hmm. really have a lot to focus on. Right. Because they're, they're all over, and... Some are easier to detect than others. Yeah. And so... They're not necessarily no. labeled as natural in Italy, but a no. lot of them are naturally made too, right? Yeah. And it's... I think it goes back to that um, traditions and histories and understanding 
yeah. the, the regions. And so it's not like a new, th- it's not a really a new thing. It's going yeah. back into an older time, but I, I try to be like an equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like we are very focused on organic farming. Okay. We're focused on quality, but I think that, you know, the laws in Italy are different than the laws in California. In California, right. you can be a natural wine and not be organic, mm-hmm. which kind of goes against the whole philosophy of natural yeah. wine. I think, I know, you know, yeah. So like it, it's, it could be confusing. Are you getting, seeing a lot of demand though from consumers like coming in, in the Bay area and looking for natural wines? Like, is that yeah. something you're hearing? I, I think it goes both directions. Some people yeah. don't want natural wines and some yeah. people do want natural yeah. wines. And it's kind of polarizing in that way. But, but sometimes I've given friends of mine that are master sommeliers, natural yeah. wines that are red and they love it. Yeah. So yeah. you never know, right? And I'm like, Being but surprised. it's just, if the wine's delicious, it's delicious. You right. Know? So it kind of, I think it even it goes in the other direction where some of these, like, if it's not natural, it's not yeah. going to be, you know, to our standards. But mm-hmm. I, I don't like, so I'm, I've never been, I just like, like the wine and yeah. speak for itself. Yeah. If it's a great wine and, and it's natural, and it, awesome. Mm-hmm. Amazing. There's so many, I mean, I, when Kira Pepe has been here and yeah. she's like, they're natural. They became it organically because, uh, right. the was allergic to sulfites and there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so, you know, I think they, they're loved by both. All right. Of- yeah. So it's really more about ultimately what, you know, what is the, con- the guests want and what's going to suit what they're looking for too. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say what, you know, in terms of price point, are you seeing any fluctuation changes this year from previous years, noticing any trends, like what consumers are gravitating towards, what's selling and what are you seeing there? I think people are very open minded. Um, And I think hopefully we've gained a lot of trust because we we focus on things that really go with our food. Right. And, but I mean, prices have gone up across the board. Yeah. So maybe um, budgets have gone up a little bit too. And we try mm-hmm. to have things that you can have every day. Right. And, and wines that you can have if, if it's your birthday. And yeah. that's, I, you know, learned that from going to Italy. It's like your neighborhood restaurant. You could go for on a, just for dinner. Right. Or you can go for a, a totally different way of enjoying the restaurant mm-hmm. and, and um, dress it up and dress it down. Like yeah. Whatever you want to be. Right. You know? So we're now offering things, just different price points, you know, to yeah. suit different occasions, depending on what people are coming in for. And $10 means something different to different people. Yeah. You know, totally. what age range you're in, what, what demographic, what, yeah, what, you know, where you're used to dining and right. stuff. So, yeah. um, I think we're sort of, we can, we can be, uh, we're a neighborhood restaurant. Mm-hmm. We also destination or yeah. have wine dinners. We have a wine dinner on Sunday. Cool. Um, do you have wine dinners every Sunday or just is that just this week? No, and this Sunday coming up, we have Kiara Cevlich from Abruzzo. Awesome. And cool. she's, I've known her now for, I think I met her first in 2007. Yeah. Traveling over and her family stories, just incredible. And she's amazing. And, and, um, they have, you know, she are, like they're a great example because they have a price points that we can pour by the glass. Yeah. Very familiar. And then she also carries the Paso Concelli mm-hmm. wines that are, you know, not everyday wines right. for everyone. Yeah. And then, but so I feel like that is, um, you know, so that we would sell fewer bottles of that, but right. people are, their palates are adapted to, yeah. uh, you know, a really quality producer. Yeah. And especially if they have the opportunity to meet 
jar, right? Wanting to explore oh the gosh. range of yeah. wines, I'd imagine. There's so much great education at 816, the wine dinners, mm-hmm. but you also have a great wine club. Can you tell us oh, a little yeah. bit more about that? So that was started with the book process okay. when COVID hit in May of 2020, because I wanted to focus on wine, but yeah. I had so many other things on my plate. <laughs> and so Kate and I started doing a, a region a month. We covered every region of Italy and, cool. and toured around. And then once we passed 20 months, it became something different. Like yeah. It's still a white club and we sell oh. the same amounts and the same price, but like it's, um, it's three wines and for $79. And if you ship and ship and we, it's very organic as well. Yeah. A lot of our customers know about it, but it, it's hard. You'd have to be looking for it. I right. think we should be, we, we could be better at promoting it, but <laughs> it's, it has a, you know, it's well, it's well attended and people seem to yeah. love it. And we love telling the stories. And so, you know, and, and like highlight different things that are happening and right. like what, whether it's like Baragosto or, you know, yeah. something like that and that we don't really have here, but it's, it's a holiday we should have, but right. we, you know, there's stories behind everything. And, and then next week we have a master distiller from Tuscany oh, cool. coming okay. and he, they make a Sangiovese based gin and bitters and vermouths and they make their own Negronis. Oh, and amazing. so well, like, you know, just Negronis and of course, Spagliato is having a oh, moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think that, so the world of, of Italy seems to have been ex, like only right. grown. Yeah. Beyond in, the wines, the, the food, you know, yeah. all, a lot of other aspects of the culture. And I think, you know, Sicily, especially with the white Lotus, I think that's oh had quite a tremendous impact. It is, you know, the consumers it's here. It's going to be yeah. overrun this year. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel happy and sad. For all this. It's like, it's all good. It's all right. wonderful. Yeah. But it's, like, but maybe you could bring some more attention to the South in general. It's true. The islands, you oh know, my gosh. I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah. There's like, there's cities I've never been to like Tropea and Calabria. Yeah. I always wanted to go to, I was in Puglia in Basilicata in a couple months ago, just mm-hmm. the fastest trip. I wanted yeah. to stay longer, but but it's doing it. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting to cool. see. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Um, so we like to end each of these episodes with a little quiz because we're trying to give our listeners a masterclass on the U.S. market. So try to answer these questions in 30 seconds or less <laughs> okay. as best you can. Uh, and I'm not timing you uh, to the second. So, But what would you say are the most popular Italian wines right now among Bay Area sommeliers? I would say Nebbiolo is always going to be in there yeah. and that... You- Sangiovese and Emiolo, but I think Fiona de Molino is having a good moment cool. and Etna Rosso. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Sicily, like we said. Yeah. And what do you think are the most popular Italian wines right now among consumers in the Bay Area? Probably Prosecco and uh, Brunello and Monticino. Mm, so some yeah, classics. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. Classics. Definitely. Yeah. If you're going to go, if you're going to give a big wide. Right. Yeah. Of course. Group. And what do you think one thing Italian wineries can do to be successful in the Bay Area market? What's one takeaway for them? I think education is really big. Mm-hmm. And so the more information, even like an email or a card or something that is um, a little more like tells a personal story. Right. It goes a long way. Yeah. We're like, we're a geeky area you know for <laughs> yeah. everything we're geeky about food wine computers uh, you, you name it yeah 
Yeah. People like to so, know who's making what they're consuming yeah. and the stories behind it. Yeah. Okay. So education, content, sounds like yes. if you can get here to the market too and connect with yes, people. Definitely. Yeah. That goes over yeah, the line. I know, I know like uh, Florian Goyer is yeah. here and in this, and I, we just were visiting with them and mm-hmm. we know him well, but I'm not going to be able to see him today, yeah. you know, but I was just like, I love it. I know he's here, yeah. you know, but he's just, everyone's busy right exactly yeah. and it's great for us too right to see people in market and i love it i'm excited yeah because i know i'm not getting to italy this year so yeah. unfortunately next year next year for mm-hmm. sure but i'll be talking about italian wine a lot yeah i'll be touring us a lot with the book that's so exciting yeah i'll be every i'll be all over awesome. places i've never been Cool. Yeah, I'm so excited. It doesn't come out till um almost fall, but okay. like so fall winter. Fall, winter. It's like the end of August. Okay, yeah. we'll look out for it. Um, thank you so much, Shelly, for you. being yeah. on the podcast today, taking time on a busy Friday afternoon yeah, to have such me a pleasure. here. We really appreciate you telling us about the A16 story, but also what's happening right now in the Bay Area. Yeah, songs with consumers. Uh, it, it's so helpful for our listeners. So thank you again Aww. for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass U.S. Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.